It is Wednesday, April 5th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The NBA MVP all wrapped up. Donovan Mitchell makes history. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Joel Embiid puts up 52 in a win over the Celtics. Donovan Mitchell joined Russ, Harden, and Kobe as the only players in the last 25 seasons to drop 40 points in four straight games. Pretty incredible. NBA is going to be our lead today, Scott. We got a lot to talk about. We got a, a Masters preview ahead yes, of us. Yes, we're going to talk to Will Doctor about the Masters. Yep, we're going to talk to Steve Fezzik when we uh, get to MLB. But let's start in the NBA. I thought it was funny last night, if you went to ESPN.com, the headline said, it's over. <laughs> yeah, MVP, MVP race is yeah. over. <laughs> over. Uh, Doc Rivers was the one who was saying that. Doc Rivers said MVP the MVP race, race is over. It's over. It's over. Embiid put up 52. Yeah, no one's matching that. Uh, 52 points, 20 of 25 shooting, and Philly wins 103-101. Really Joel impressive Embiid's showing for Embiid. odds right now to be the most valuable player, minus 500. I I want to put that into perspective because that <laughs> like that is incredible, but when you look at yesterday, before the Nuggets or the Sixers tipped off, mm-hmm. you could bet Joel Embiid to win the MVP minus two twenty. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happened since: Embiid puts up fifty two, Sixers beat the Celtics, huge win. Jokic loses to the Rockets. Gross. Now minus 500 on Embiid. Doc may be right. It's over. Like yeah. I mean, if this was a coin toss before, there's no way that last night didn't sway someone. Uh, and I still I, – I'm going to keep saying this until they give one of these two guys the MVP. I think when you look at what Giannis has done this year, it's it's – Silly that we're not talking about this being a three-man race, but mm-hmm. it, it's neither here nor there. Because right now, Jokic and Giannis are pretty. They're plus six hundred, plus six fifty. Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point because it's over. Uh, this is an incredible performance, and it comes at a, at a good time against a team that Philly obviously really wanted to get a win against. I still am a little grossed out by him not playing in the game against the Nuggets last week. Mm-hmm. That bothered me, but it feels like. All, all the signs point to, and this is a weird thing. These betting markets are weird. And the reason why they can be so fluid is because no one really knows. Like it's, it's all about what books are expecting people to think, because this is what a hundred people making this decision. Yeah. I mean, unless they've got some kind of insider information, which I don't believe that they do yet. I like, I think if, if someone who had an NBA MVP vote, which those are very coveted, if they were to somehow give someone from a sports book, information on where they were voting I would think that'd be very frowned upon yes uh, especially with team with games left to go in the season so I don't think that's the case but I do think that 
the media narratives or what these these lines are driven by, mm-hmm. and it feels like everyone's just assuming now that Joel Embiid's a guy, and if you don't vote for Joel Embiid, there, there's some weird reason why you didn't. Yeah, and I think the 52-point performance is just the icing on the cake, and I don't think with three games left, I don't think anybody has to play any more games. I think that the it is over. This was a big win against uh, the Boston Celtics, and now everyone just looks forward to the playoffs, and you're going to give the award to Joel Embiid. It's over. There's nothing... Like, what do you think if Joel Embiid didn't play the rest of the season and Jokic put up a triple-double in the final three games of the season, is he the MVP? I, it's hard for me to say. Like, no. I, yeah, I don't think so. There's nothing that can happen yeah. at this point. So the, the race is over. Joel Embiid is your most valuable player. To put last night into perspective, he this was a, a crazy night, 50 points, 10 rebounds, um, 52 points, 13 rebounds. But he is the second player in the history of the NBA to have at least 50 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and 80% shooting in the game. The only other person who's done that in the history of time is Wilt Chamberlain. He did it twice. Wow. That's pretty good company. He is also the first center with three 50-point games in a season since 1971-72 that being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, he put himself last night on the map with some pretty incredible company. That's incredible, yeah. Speaking of joining incredible company, Donovan Mitchell recorded his fourth straight 40-point game. That's a lot of scoring. That's as, for my Cavs, you know. As the, your Cavs got a 117-113 <laughs> win over the Magic. So here's this. It was the first time that someone had 40 points in 40 straight games since James Harden did it in 2018-2019. Over the last 30 seasons, the only other players to record four straight 40-point games, the aforementioned James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Allen Iverson, and Kobe Bryant. And side note, Kobe did it six times. Wow. <laughs> like, all these guys had it, like, you know, one, one. Kobe had six streaks of four, four games where he scored 40 or more points. What a run by Donovan Mitchell um, as the Cavs are, you know, looking like a team that could make some noise here in the Eastern Conference playoffs. You know, they are the four seed, and they will have – the, the home court advantage in that series against the New York Knicks. And it's going to be like a, a what if, because the Knicks were, you know, supposed to get Donovan Mitchell and they didn't. And now Jalen Brunson, it, imagine if they were both teamed together, how good Jalen Brunson's been for the Knicks. Imagine if it was Brunson and Donovan Mitchell on the same team in mean, the Knicks. We could be talking about the Knicks as the three seed, maybe in yeah. the Eastern Conference. Who knows? I mean, the Knicks have had a great year, 46 and 33 right now. But the Knicks-Cavs in the first round certainly going to be an exciting series, especially when you consider Donovan Mitchell playing in Madison Square Garden where he was supposed to play his home games this year. Knicks didn't want to give it up. Uh, 
elsewhere in the NBA. I would say let's go through the games that have some sort of implication on seeding or mm-hmm. playoffs. That's every game right yeah. now. That's the kind of the beauty of this play-in tournament is like the, the Bulls locked up a a spot in the play-in tournament at, at worst last night. But Raptors 120-100 winners over the Hornets who will have no playoffs. Uh Miami Heat 40 uh, get their 42nd win 118 118- 105 over the Pistons. And they're one game back of the Bulls for the sixth seed. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the Cavs over the Magic, 117-113. Milwaukee Bucks blow out the Wizards, 140-128. T-Wolves get a road win, 107-102 at Brooklyn. The Hawks, 123-105. Winners at Chicago. Right now, the Hawks are the eighth seed same are tied with Toronto, so it's a battle for eight nine and and remember seven or eight, you have two chances to make the playoffs yep. in that play in tournament. This Hawks Bulls that could be a matchup that we see again, you know, yep. next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mentioned the Rockets getting a one twenty four one o three win over Yum. the Nuggets. This is a bad bad loss. Nuggets were down one going into the fourth quarter. 38 to 18, the Rockets outscore the Nuggets in the fourth. Not a great look. The Grizzlies, 119, Trailblazers, 109. The Kings clinch the Pacific Division, 121, 103 over the Pelicans. Lakers, 135, 133 winners at Utah. And guess what? Lakers are now tied with the Clippers for the battle for the 6-7 because of the tiebreaker scenarios. The Clippers, if the season ended today, Clippers are the 6, Lakers are the 7, but they are tied in the standings. The system rides again. The Golden State Warriors, 136, 125 winners at home. They stay Over Oklahoma State. Now, they stay a half game up on the Clippers right now for the battle for the five seed and the Lakers as well. And get this, Steph Curry has now made multiple three-pointers in 54 straight games as that's the longest streak in NBA history passing Steph Steph Curry, Curry, who had the longest streak in NBA history. I'm more curious about the game that he didn't have (laughs) uh, two multiple three-pointers. And finally, the Suns, 115-94 winners, so the Suns hold serve as well. Uh, and look like they're gonna. They're, they've got a good chance to lock into the four seed. Uh, let's take a look at tonight's games. The Nets back on the road, on the road again, minus eleven at Detroit. Your New York Knickerbockers minus eight and a half at Indiana. Raptors catching five and a half at Boston. Wonder how Boston responds mm. after uh, letting Joel Embiid have his way with them. Bucks seven point favorites hosting the Bulls. Hawks laying ten and a half hosting the Wizards. Pelicans minus five hosting the Grizzlies. Grizzlies getting five points. Interesting. Pelican. Both these teams on back to back, I suppose. Kings are plus five, five and a half, four. Like, lines are all over the place this morning on this game at Dallas. Is this a sign? The Kings basically saying, hey, we won our division. Yeah. We're the three seed. Yeah. And desperation for the Mavericks. It's win or go home. Undoubtedly. And the Lakers plus two and a half at the Clippers. Huge though, game. Seems like very minimal travel involved. There. And huge game. One of these teams could be the six. One of these teams will have to be in the playing round. 
joining us this morning on Straight Out of Vegas AM is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. He is the one and only Mr. Steve Fezzik. Good morning, Fez. How are you? I am excellent. MLB, Grand Salami betting, nothing can be more exciting. Have you been noticing that it goes over almost all the time? So, well, for the, it's, it's only been, what, six, seven days of the baseball Two season? days did go yeah. under, but there was on Monday, they went over by 50 runs. Yeah. Today, not quite as dominating. The over-under opened 121, closed 123, lands 122 when Colorado wow. gets a meaningless two runs maybe meaningful, at the top of the ninth mm-hmm. to land the number on 122. Good numbers win. We always emphasize that. Yeah, 13-1-1 one, one were the overs on uh, Monday. And then yesterday we saw, you know, couple of high-scoring games, uh, and the, the overs kind of balanced out as far as, you know, there were definitely some unders, but the overs that went over, I mean, we had th- we had a 13-run game yesterday. We had uh, a couple of nine-run games yesterday, a 16-run games. And even though, and a 17-run game, even though you had, like, one nothing and four ones and four ones, all you need is a couple of those big ones, right, Fez? And that, there goes your salami. It seems like a the tails have been never been so great in terms of when I speak tails over unders eight game can land two game can land 16. Yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of like zeros and then there's a lot of crooked numbers. And I think that that's what's a good happening point. is that some pitchers actually are thriving with this pitch clock mm. and other pitchers not so much. And I think some pitchers are having a little hissy fit with everyone stealing bases on them. And um, the, New uh, the the bigger fatter bases yeah along only being able to throw over twice is um, a base stealer's delight. I, I'll be honest, it feels to me like I've seen as many hitters frustrated with the clock issues than I have pitchers. Yeah, Manny Machado struck out yesterday on a on a pitch clock violation. Yeah, so it's like it's get, and you even it out. Get arguing. your fat butt into the in, in, <laughs> into the the batter's box then. Well, uh we have seen an increased offense uh so far early on here in Major League Baseball. Overs are leading the way early on this season. I wanted to talk to you about and I've addressed this with you before and I I've addressed this on the Dream Pod and here on Straight Out of Vegas AM, my getaway day system for Major League Baseball. And and what it is is basically whenever you have a team that is going for a sweep. So they win the first two games of a series or maybe they win the first three games of a series if it's a four-game series. And they're playing a day game, which is that's why it's called getaway day because you play during the day and then you get out of town. My tightener on this is that they have to have a game the following day or night. They have to have a game the next day. If they are, if it's getaway day, but they have an off day, I don't like it. For example, the Rays are going for the sweep today, but they have no game on Thursday. I, I don't care about that. The Brewers going for the sweep of the Mets, but they have no game tomorrow. Pirates going for the sweep, no game tomorrow. But I do love fading the teams that have won the first two games and have to leave because they have a game the next day. And the logic makes a lot of sense, right? Where, all right, this has been a very favorable series for us. We, um, if we got any guys that are borderline, we want to give a little rest. 
give uh, let him go out the night before. You might backup catchers playing because it's a day game after a night game, and the backup catcher usually you have a, a drop off in offense. They don't handle the pitching staff as well. If you're Detroit, you're just thrilled that you've won a couple games in Houston. Mm-hmm. You know what? Hey, if we can win that last game, we're playing with house money, so um, we're going to reward our players, give them the day off because we um, uh, we don't have that sense of urgency for this game. So there are three plays for today's baseball schedule that fit this system. You have the Rangers looking to avoid the sweep against the Orioles. The Orioles have to leave town after this game, fly home, for their home opener against the Yankees tomorrow. That's a big game. The Cardinals looking to avoid the sweep. The Braves have to get out of St. Louis and fly home to play the Padres in their home opener, meaning the Braves' home opener. And the Astros looking to avoid the sweep against the Tigers. Detroit has to get out of town because they have to prepare for their home opener against the Red Sox. So not only do we have three teams in the Orioles, Braves, and Tigers that have to now fly to different cities for games the next day. Those games are at night games tomorrow. They're day games tomorrow. And they just happen to be their home openers, Fez. I like this. So I'm betting the two teams from Texas and the team A.J. McCarron plays for St. Louis. There you go. The Battle Hawks, the uh, Roughnecks, <laughs> and the Brahmas. <laughs> That's who you're playing. <laughs> I think this is look. Yeah, the Rangers minus one ninety, Astros minus two fifty, Cardinals minus one twenty four. Honestly, I'm comfortable laying it with all three. Yeah, and I have no problem at all laying the the big heavy vig. Um, there's no reason to put in a parlay if you've got the hey, if you've got the best number at all three books, mm-hmm. and you want to mix and match, match some parlays, that's fine. Just don't do something like oh, I'm going to play Houston minus two seventy in parlays when you got one book that might have them at minus two forty five. That's correct. Yeah, you don't want to do that, but I think. Honestly, I can't. I think they go three and zero. There's no way they're not. You're not going three and zero. I think all three of them are winning. All three of them are winning today. AJ, all three of them are winning today. I think that every time you say all three, of them, there's no way this parlay can lose. Somehow, it. By the way, let me just give you a little <laughs> pitching matchups for these games. The Rangers will send Jacob Degrom to the mound against Grayson Rodriguez, the number 12 overall prospect in baseball, making his major league debut for the Orioles. I don't think he goes long into a game, and I think there's going to be some nerves for the kid. You have Christian Javier going for the Astros against Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers, who did not have a good first start. And the Cardinals will send Miles Michaelis to the mound going up against Bryce Elder for the Braves, making Atlanta's his got first a couple, start got of a couple, the year. Got uh, a couple starters on the DL, right? Yes. So, so Bryce is the... Not a, not, not a, not not a top st- rotation guy. There you go. So we have the better pitcher in all three games. We have the system in play. Guys, we're going 3-0 today. I'm sorry. It's, it, it, it's, it's just happening. Fez, you were, um, you were in the news lately. In regards to your relationship with local sports books here in town, do you want to just briefly uh, summarize what was going on over the past several days between yourself, between Chris Andrews, between everybody here in town? Sure. So since 2018, you know, it's interesting. I'm in the news. I've been banned for five years from the South Point. There, various books have um, limited me 
in some manner. Some haven't limited me at all. Mm-hmm. But the South Point is the only book in Las Vegas that I am not allowed to wager in. All right? And and that's been the case for five years. Yes. And, you know, i got to be honest. I, I think I'm one of the most unbiased persons in regards to this because, like, I have sports book rankings. I have casino rankings. South Point consistently, despite my barring, has always been a top five. I love the South Point. South Point's great. Jimmy's great over there. Um, The the whole team. They're all good. Jimmy, Vinny, Chris. They're They're all great great people They're they're very well respected. And the South Point itself, great deals, great place to stay. So does that mean that you're barred from Rampart also? I I am sure it extends to Rampart. And I I can... Because Dwayne's you know, the best. Dwayne is over, the best. You go over to the Rampart. No, you doubt. talk to the, Colucci. Talk Colucci. to talk to Colucci about hockey. Love Colucci. He will he will talk your ear off about hockey. No, love that guy. I love Colucci. So, um, what happened recently is you know, and I tweet. I'm, I consider myself to be everyone thinks they're probably unbiased, but I truly am unbiased. I call it like it is. I say it's what people do very well. It's what people don't do so well. And I mentioned that you know. As far as taking action, I love Circa. Circa has, like, if they have a $100,000 limit on a game, they might give you more if, you, if you're at the window. Mm-hmm. But, if they, but if they say their limit's $100,000, you are on the app. You can bet $100,000. It's fantastic what they do. So accolades to the South Point. I consider myself to be very unbiased in that reporting. And I said, you know, that the South Point does indeed, you know, back off players. If they're trying to bet on the app, you're going to get limited um, you're going to get reduced limits, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get those limits reduced. And then eventually, if you're sharp, more often than not, you're going to be told, hey, you can only bet at the window. All right? So that, how does that happen? So, like, you'll try and place a bet one day, and all of a sudden, it just won't go through. And then you'll have to just type you'll, – you'll type in a different amount, and then it won't go through. Yeah, so it'll say limit is 300. Gotcha. And then one day, limit will be 100. And then one day, the the limit is zero, mm-hmm. you know, and there'll be like a little message coming in, come in and talk to them. And I know this happened to my buddy, Scotty Kellen, who um, is a um, a guy that could bet on the app and no longer could. He actually had told me he was barred, all right? And he was incorrect. He's, I, I, I said, oh, you can't bet at all the window. He said, you know what? I can bet at the window. But mm-hmm. again, it's inconvenient. And it makes sense. South Point's doing nothing at all wrong. And they're doing nothing inconsistent with what a lot of other books do as well because they don't want to be inundated with wise guy action. No, the wise guys, you know, we're busy. We can't just drive over, drop everything on a Sunday morning, wait in line for 20 minutes at the window to get one good bet in. You know, yeah. just not, it's not practical. So the South Point's done nothing wrong in the in those regards. But I mean, in terms of you know an A to an F grade, they get a they get a B plus. You know, it's 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 they're they're taking action from all, almost everyone at the window, but um, but not they're not taking action from everyone because I was barred you know five years ago, and so I am a persona non grata at the uh, sports book at the South Point. And that's still the case today. You can't walk. You can't go in there to the window and and, and place a bet. I, well, they have I, like a picture of you. Uh, <laughs> I am sure they did. You know, when I won that that South Point handicapping contest, I had two entries, and they tied for first. And mm-hmm. they actually put my. They must have liked me back in two thousand nine because they put my ugly picture in the paper in the review journal <laughs> along with the other winner. They said, "Congratulations, you won one hundred twenty five thousand. You know, and 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 had my picture. Now, what's interesting? So the um, the vice president Chris Andrews says, "Well, Fez knows why he was barred. I'm really still not sure." All right, because I, all I know is apparently I'm now being told 
that I was on basically double secret probation. Mm. It was an Animal House reference where the South Point, Chrissy in particular, was, you know, sick of me and, you know, always playing parlay cards, which, you know, the, the player has the advantage playing them, always trying to play too many of them. And to, to be fair, I had discussions back before Chrissy was running the book, Bert Osborne ran the book. I had a $130,000 parlay card against them, a $200 10-teamer. And Bert shook my hand and said, Steve, great job. I'm just going to need to ask you to never win more than 50000 on any one weekend against us going forward. I'm like, well, it's going to be – I don't know how to really quantify that. And he's like, don't win more than 50000 So that was my limit. And then as the years went by – this was like mid-2000s – I could – I was being scaled back more and more. And usually I was talking to Jimmy, and he's just like, take it easy, kid. You know, take it easy, kid, with what, with what you're playing. So ultimately I settled in where I was playing like 10 cards – a week during football season and playing them for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I was putting like a, just at a thousand or just under a thousand dollars. All right. And apparently I was on double secret probation doing that and they weren't happy with me, but I was unaware of this. I thought we were cool because I could still bet on the app. Then uh, March madness, 2018, I come in and it's actually the daytime. And I played 10 $90 Three-team parlays, not 10-team parlays, three-team parlays. So mm-hmm. the maximum I could win was like 6000 Further, I didn't play out duplicates. They were, you know, many different permutations and the like. And I hit one out of the ten. I actually lost, you know, when I was playing those cards. Well, that was apparently the straw that broke the camel's back. I used my player's card, by the way, when I went to the window. Mm-hmm. Not trying to hide your identity. Not trying to hide. Now, to be fair, I could have made them for $100. They would have likely flagged for approval. Would they have approved them? I think they would have approved them. I can't be certain of that. Maybe they'd only approve three of them. Maybe they'd approve five. Maybe they'd approve all ten. I can tell you during football season, typically they would approve up to ten cards that I would play when I when I when I came up and it would flag for approval. But bottom line is, I know what happened. Someone else must have come in and played the barley cards and beat them and beat them pretty handily. And the South Point was unhappy. And they're like, well, we already don't like this Fez guy. And apparently I'm very unpopular, as I've been told by Chrissy Andrews, with the staff and the ticket writers. And so he went ahead and barred me. And so I've been barred for five years. Why would you be unpopular with the ticket writers? I don't know. The, you, you're, you're not the type not to tip? be, like, abusive. I don't understand that. Do you not tip? Because, you know, it, that this is interesting. Because when I won, and I can't recall when I won the South Point contest mm-hmm. what I tipped. But I can tell, I can recall... That like in the Westgate back going back to 2008, when I won both my contests each and every year, I tipped $10,000 for a $220,000 prize. And I believe that I'm one of the more favorable tippers mm. when I win a contest versus other people who have won, many of whom haven't tipped anything. So I doubt that that was the issue. Now, maybe there was an issue that the staff didn't want me to be, you know, putting in cards and I put pressure, you know, on the like, hey, we should be taking this, not taking this. You'll have to ask them. You have to ask this, the South Point. I welcome everyone. Go in and ask the ticket writers and like why apparently Chrissy says that they didn't like me. Like I said, back in 2009, it couldn't have been that big of a deal that they put my, my picture in the paper. But I can say um, I've had nothing but great interactions with Vinny, with Jimmy, um, at the South Point, with the ticket writers, with the staff. They do a fantastic job. They're fantastic ticket writers. And I don't want to shortchange – no secret, I bet at Caesars all the time. I go to the M. I go to Green Valley Ranch. I go to Tuscany all the time, Circa Properties. And I've had nothing but, for the most part, great interaction with the ticket writers all around town. 
So uh, I think it's a thankless job. You wake up one day and your your window's $2,000 short and you're asked to make it up or you get fired. It, it's a stressful job, especially bigger betters. And so accolades to all the ticket writers and the like around town, especially those who work like in standalone. Think how hard it is when you're working like at Caesars and you're working at a place like, oh, gosh, you're neck of the woods, AJ. Um, what what would be sub sub um, but who has the shrimp cocktail? Skyline. Oh. <laughs> so, like, there'll be some. There, there, there's someone. He's the manager. Um, Alamo Truck Stop on Blue Diamond. You know, you've got all these places that the ticket writer is doing everything, including managing a tons of tons of money in his safe and his register, and just um, you know, the, the, the ticket writers have a thankless job, and they, for the most part, in the city, do a great job. Do you feel like there's going to be like a, ever a resolution to this? Do you think that they finally say, okay, maybe we were we were being a little uh, a little pickier or nitpickier than we needed to be. You're welcome back here. Let me ask you this. If you had a donut shop and you really like the donuts. Okay. Right, you really like their good donuts. I'm the donut. I own the donut shop? No, you're a patron. Oh, okay. And you go in every morning and you love having your donuts, all right? And But the donut shop, like, had some specials that, like, if on Tuesday the donuts were 19 cents, and you like would go in again and again and, and just buy more and more and more donuts, consuming them for 19 cents, and they took a loss on their donuts. And finally, the donut shop owner said, AJ, you can't eat here anymore. Further, the staff hates you. Would you be eager to look to get reinstated and want to go back to that donut shop? It depends on how much I love the donuts, honestly. My thought is this, and it it, it goes always when it comes to these books banning betters and things like that if you don't want if you don't want me eating all these 19 cent donuts don't have 19 cent donuts on tuesday <laughs> like that's that's an easy change adjust the number to where you're comfortable with me eating as many 19 or as many donuts as anyone else can eat if you're uncomfortable with your exposure to me on donuts you should adjust the overall exposure that you allow on those donuts. And the irony is that the donuts have gone up in price on parlay cards. Yeah. Specifically, the, the, the soft numbers typically get pulled off the cards, and the payouts on these cards have gone have been reduced. Listen, it's Super Bowl time. I remember texting you because I was, I, I was at South Point already uh, cashing a couple tickets, and I was going to make some Super Bowl wager or some uh, parlay card wagers on the Super Bowl. And all their cards were ties lose – but it's like, how many field goals will be made? Three. Three. Uh, Fumbles lost. Two. One. one. Yeah, one. Like, what, yeah, Two all would these, be good to play under. All these even numbers and ties lose. And it's like, so, how is this a good? Uh, so, and, and this is a problem. It's not just the South Point. It's, it's all these sports books. If they can absolutely pummel the poor unsuspecting public who can come up and they can bet a gajillion of the same thing. Don't give me this. Oh, we're overexposed on liability. You know what? They can. They have no problem if if a hundred of these guys want to bet identical bad options on a parlay card. And if they all hit, they'll win. You know, just bring it on. You know, because they know they have such the big edge. If everybody in the casino wants to walk up and bet thirty three black, how many casinos, Scott, do you see? Oh, we've got too much money on thirty three black. We can't spin that roulette. Yeah, way. never. <laughs> That's and this is why I think it's hard for you to look like the bad guy in this situation, because I think our listeners, I think most normal people who are in, interested in any kind of sports betting, 
they all understand the same thing that the at the end of the day the casinos have these giant buildings and fancy lights for a reason they've built that off of the average better and a casino and, is more than happy to put in things like and, and to, to credit the south point does a great job as a casino they don't do that much of of, of what some but they they do it where they've got high edge you know, slots are, you know, are, are, are big example. But, like, even on blackjack, you see this blackjack bust option that's offered on the table. And the dealer only busts 43% of the time, and it pays even money. It's like betting a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the money line plus 100. I mean, it's just crazy advantages that the casinos have. But casinos have such a problem, like, if you're, if you're critical of them and if you say things like, hey, they back off players to the point where they're almost essentially barred because they yeah. have to play, they have to bet at the window. They just get so upset, you know, when when there's any negativity. And I, I call it, I call it like I see it. Circa doesn't do everything right. They don't have these these expanded net, um, menus that you can bet on the draft. And like I think William Hill will have a a, be, a bigger menu. But all in all, and I, I I love the Circa model and I love what they're doing. And the South Point does a whole lot of things very very well. And it's unfortunate that. Um, the, the problem is, is that not only did the donut shop owner tell me that I couldn't play there anymore, but he told me that the donut shop staff uh, c- carried him, almost carried him out on their shoulders. Like they a were conquering s- hero. You like finally when, when, got when rid I, of him. When I was barred from the donut shop and I, um, you know, I got feelings. I, I mean, I'm, I, ca- I can't want to go back to a, to a shop after I hear that, no matter, I, no matter what level of truth that statement has. Um, and you know, to in bottom of my heart, I if I did anything to offend anyone at the, at the South Point, and I wasn't a good customer, I, I you know I apologize. I, here's the here's the facts: if the entire staff hated your guts, but you lost ten thousand dollars a month there betting, do you think you'd be barred because you're you're an asshole? No. There's I, no I way. instead of swinging a comp to Michaels, I'd probably only get a a, a comp at Don Vito's. Yes, right, I'd be I'd be eating for free though. There's no doubt. Yeah, about that. like that's the thing. Like if you were a losing better, they wouldn't bar you. So this the casinos are like, hey, come here, you can win. Come here and win, and then you go and win, and they're like, oh. We don't want your kind here. We just want dummies and losers. It's just a so it, it grosses with, me out. But honestly. with that comment, that I mean, I, I can't, I can't want to. I, I do not want to return when I when I hear that com- comment. And like I said, all I, I all I will personally do is I will do my best with the casinos that I have good relationships with to enhance them even further. And especially, you know, with with the staff at, at all levels. So, um, and I want to thank the places that still do take my action. I will say. And I haven't spoken about this. You know what? It makes sense that casinos will back off blackjack players. AJ, if I'm not allowed to play blackjack, I can't just send Scott in. Well, actually, I can send Scott in, but that's in, <laughs> I, I can't just send AJ in. Well, actually, I can send you in as well because both of you are competent at this. But you, you know what I'm saying? I can't send my cousin Vinny in yeah. to play blackjack for me. But in sports betting, you know what? If you're the guy that's like at the top of the pyramid, and you're the and, and you're the one that's originating your bets, and you're not just like betting for somebody else, which I'm not. I'm betting for myself. Then it's easy enough. If I want to play anywhere, I could just send someone in to play. Right. I mean, it's not. I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm not messenger betting here. I'm not paying someone to do that. But if I was just part of a you know a team, a group, even a group of two, I certainly could do that. So it doesn't make any sense. All you're doing is alienating a player. 
Um, you know, to use a black dick example, and I'm not even going to go through all the quotes. Somewhat hilarious. Kenny Houston, famous blackjack player, once got barred from playing blackjack at the Westwood Ho. Now, the Westwood Ho was a tiny um, motel that was next to the Stardust on the old strip. There's a McDonald's there today by Resorts World. That was the Westwood Ho. And they had a $200 maximum. How much damage can Kenny Houston, even a world-class blackjack player, do to a joint betting 200 and not to mention, you might even think that they they one day put pictures of him and say, yeah, you know, this is um, this is a cool thing. Like Elvis, Kenny Houston, we let play, but they barred him. And in his book, Million Dollar Blackjack, Kenny Houston described how he reacted to being barred. And um, I'll leave everyone, I'll leave the listener to go ahead and buy the book, Million Dollar Blackjack, and and read that story themselves. Well, Fez, thank you for sharing your side of the tale, and we appreciate that uh, you haven't been barred from this show. And I've got to call into um, thank you to uh, thank you for having me. I got to call into my buddy Joey Chestnut, and he and I are thinking about hitting the dollar fifty hot dog cart. Oh, that's <laughs> <not> <laughs> He's bringing in a beard. He's bringing a guy eating all these hot dogs. You can't get enough. Thanks, Fez. Thank you. Always wants more. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Thanks again for Steve Fezzik joining us and telling us a little tale, a little Vegas story, a little 
A little addition of a, like Cowards. a Fez tale, right? Cowards. Yeah, a little Fez tale. But we did talk Major League Baseball with Fez as far as uh, the getaway day system. I wanted to run through the schedule for today and talk about all the games real quick. Uh, the Cubs are at the Reds. That's an even spread right now. Hunter Green against Marcus Stroman. Phillies at the Yankees. Hunter Phillies. Green throws the ball hard. Yes, he does. He strikes out a lot. Uh, Phillies, they picked up their first one of the year. Yesterday. Hey, congratulations. Congrats, yeah. And now they will send Aaron Nola to the hill against the Garrett Cole Yankees minus 155. Boy, that price seems short. Imagine you get your ass kicked by the Rangers mm-hmm. on opening day. And then it's like, it's all right. You'll get them next time. Oh, shit. It's the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some rain in the forecast there in the Bronx. That is a day game. Uh, the Rays are at the Nationals. And Tampa Bay is a heavy favorite. Minus 250 with Shane McClanahan against Patrick Corbin. And this might be the most uh, automatic yes, I will bet games that uh, that you can see. I have my favorite pitcher in Shane McClanahan, the guy who I selected to be the American League mm-hmm. Cy Young Award, against the ultimate fade in Patrick Corbin. Why is Patrick Corbin a fade? Because every time he pitches, he gives up a boat ton of runs. Okay. He gave up four runs in three innings in his first start of the season. And last year, I believe the team only won, I don't know, four of his, we'll call it uh, 20, 30. He made uh, 31 starts last year for the Washington Nationals. And they won like six games, maybe. How'd this guy get a job with the Braves. Aren't the Braves pretty good? No, he's on the Nationals, though. Oh, I thought you said the Braves. The Rays play the Braves. No, Rays. Maybe I said Rays. I don't know. Rays Rays Nationals. Patrick Corbin against Shane McClellan. What's what's the price again? Rays are minus 260. Oh, boy. Worth it. Yeah. Lay it. Yeah, I think so. Lay it. (laughs) Uh, The Twins are at the Marlins. Minnesota minus 115 with Pablo Lopez going up against his former team. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus Lazardo goes for the Marlins. Braves. The Braves. There we go. Okay. Uh, we'll send Bryce Elder. We mentioned this as one of the system plays uh, against Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals. Cardinals are a uh, small favorite in this one, about minus 125, depending on which book you look at. Pirates at the Red Sox. Boston minus 145. Corey Kluber against Mitch Keller. Mets trying to avoid the sweep against the Brewers. David Peterson goes up against Corbin Burns. Milwaukee minus 130. Five Mets just can't hit right now. Orioles at the Rangers. This is another system play. Texas minus 190. Jacob DeGrom against Grayson Rodriguez. We talked about him a little bit. The 12th overall prospect in Major League Baseball making his Major League debut. Tigers looking to complete the sweep of the Astros. This is the other system play. Christian Javier goes for Houston. Minus 267. Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers. Giants at the White Sox, Chicago minus 135 with Dylan Cease, your boy. I love him, man. He, I think he's unbelievable. What's the, what, Who's he going against? Who's the opposition here? Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Is he related to Brandon Webb? No. Is Logan Webb pretty good, huh? Yeah. But he got roughed up opening day. Well, he played the Yankees and he gave up uh, four runs, but he also struck out 12. Are we looking at an under? What do we got, seven and a half? Seven and a half. How about maybe like a first five under between Logan Webb and Dylan Cease? I I think so. I'm telling you, I watched Dylan Cease pitch. I don't know. I don't know how someone can be better than him. Like, he is unbelievable. He's very, very good. He was uh, my selection last year to win the uh, American League Cy Young Award. And my favorite thing, this dude's working fast. Like, he gets the ball. Pushes a button on his glove. He's ready to throw. He is moving. I'm, I dig him. 
And I would have won it last year too if it wasn't for Justin Verlander. I gotta see what's this first five under. What can I? What's what's the price? It's probably three and a half. Okay. Let's see. Let's let's try to find the best price. This is where we're gonna shop around. Yep. Under three and a half. I can get uh, even money here. Under three. You can get under three and a half even money. It looks that way. Let's see. Um. Hmm. Are you what? What book are you looking at? I'm looking at. Well, DraftKings is minus one hundred and five. Okay. Uh oh, the one I was—oh, it was bet three six five is even money. I can't even get that. Yeah. Um. MGM th- minus one hundred and five under three and a half. Okay. Maybe that's the way to look here. Maybe that's the way to look. We'll we'll have to explore that one a little bit. Uh, Guardians at the A's. Hunter Gaddis making his second start for uh, the Guardians against. Hey. This guy struck out 20 in a row in high school. Kyle Muller. That's my guy. Yeah, it's your guy. Uh, Cleveland minus 130. The, you know what? Maybe we should bet the A's just because this is this is your guy. This I, is the guy. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good uh, this is, strategy. This is the guy. <laughs> Angels at the I'm Mar- just saying, All I'll say is I don't think he's as shitty as, as people think he okay. is. Uh, Angels at the Mariners. Shohei Otani against Chris Flexen. L.A. minus 145. Blue Jays at the Royals. Toronto minus 190 with Alec Manoa. Another one of your boys. Yeah. Going he's up. A big, big man. Big boy. Going up against Zach I feel like he Zach could play Grinke. Aquaman if they like. If things really went wrong, like if, if Aquaman, remember the movie where Thor just started getting hammered all the time and got real fat? Yeah. Fat like, Thor? Yeah. If Aquaman became fat Aquaman, he'd be yeah. Alec Manoa. Are you just saying that because Jason Momoa sounds like Alec Manoa? Yeah, but he, he just looks like a big <laughs> yoked up version of Jason Manoa. No, Jason Momoa. Momoa, yeah. And now this I is Alec Manoa. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's your baseball schedule here for Wednesday. A lot of day games as it is getaway day as teams will look to wrap up uh, their second series of the season. We are counting down the days to the end of the NHL regular season. The playoffs, How many? Uh, well, the playoffs begin in two weeks. Two weeks from Monday, the playoffs begin. On the 17th, I believe, is when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. So we're down to 12. Yes. Okay. Till the playoffs. So I, I just yeah. want to make sure I'm counting mm-hmm. down the days with you. Yeah, but we have about well, I don't know, five games left in the regular season for okay. teams. Some teams with four games left in the regular season. Last night, boy, uh, I, I, the Flames losing a game to the Blackhawks on their home ice is just so embarrassing. Chicago had come in, losers of eight straight games, and all of them by more than two goals. And the Flames came in trailing the Jets by two points for the second wild card in the Western Conference and did not pick up an, a key win. Now, maybe they were looking ahead to tonight's matchup because they will play the Jets tonight. So if they win, they will be tied with the Jets. The problem is the Jets have a game in hand. So being tied with them doesn't really mean much. You're still not in control of your own destiny there. So a big-time loss last night for uh, Calgary. The Hurricanes beat the Senators 3-2 to two and uh, keep pace with the Devils, who route the Penguins 5-1. to one. So Carolina three points up on the Devils for first place in the Metropolitan. The Devils go five points up on the Rangers for the battle for home ice. As far as those Penguins are concerned, well, with the loss, they fall out of a playoff position. Florida, with 87 points, now overtakes the first wild card. As the Panthers, they uh, beat the Sabres 2-1, to 
the Islanders, also at 87 points, are your second wild card right now. The Maple Leafs beat the Blue Jackets 4-2, to two, and uh, looks like they're going to lock up home ice in that series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Kraken with a 5-2 win. Cracking all, that ass. All but solidified themselves in the postseason. Seattle with 94 points is the first wild card. Five points up on Winnipeg for the second wild card. And seven points up on Calgary. So it looks like the Kraken will make the postseason. The Oilers beat the Kings 3-1. to one. Edmonton now second place in the Pacific. Three points back of Vegas. And they are one point up on the Kings for third place. Avalanche with a 4-3 win over the Sharks in overtime. They not only overtake first place in the Central, but they have clinched a playoff spot. Not like it was ever uh, in jeopardy. I mean, all these teams were going to clinch at some point. But Colorado and Dallas are tied. Actually, all three teams, Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota, all tied with 98 points atop that division. So I don't know who's going to win the division. It might come down to the last day. But uh, just three games on the schedule tonight, right, AJ? Yeah, short schedule. The Flames plus 110 at the Jets. Jets coming back with minus 130. Uh, Lightning and Rangers close with Lightning minus 105. What's the total in that game? Uh, Six is the number there. You know what's interesting? What's interesting, Scott? And I don't know how the Lightning are going to play because they're pretty much locked in to where they're going to be in the postseason. But... The Rangers and Lightning have played seven straight unders against each other. Ooh, that is interesting. But you're you're right. Like questionable uh, motivation, motivation for the Lightning angle. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the Oilers are minus three sixty five. Boy, it seems like a game that they at the Ducks seems like a game they should win if they want to. Uh, try and get first place in the Pacific Division. They're just three points back of Vegas. They could be and they've won five straight games. It's like, how could you not bet the Oilers in this game? Well, they they were close with the Kings uh early early in the third period mm-hmm. last night and then got a couple late goals to uh, to get some separation there. So uh trying to sweep the two LA teams here as they go to Anaheim. Joining us now on Straight Out of Vegas AM is pregame.com's golf guru, William Doctor. Will, how are you, my man? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, th- this is uh this has been a big week. I mean, this is the week that we've all been waiting for in golf, right? It's uh it's the Masters. It's, you know, in some people's opinion, it's the greatest sports week of the year, but even greater than that, with all the side stories between Liv versus PGA this year, um, this is a pretty anticipated major championship for sure. Man, yeah. I actually forgot I forgot that the Masters was going on. I was just calling to say hey, but yeah, <laughs> now, that, now that we've got you, I, I guess we'll we'll talk some Masters. I, I kind of want to do some some broad strokes before we get into you know the actual the the, the guys who we're looking at this week, the the favorites especially, but. I want to talk about the live guys and what it would mean. I guess, I mean, I guess look at it from both angles and I know you're not really a, a live uh, supporter, but if a live guy were to win, what would that mean for that tour? And what would it mean for the PGA tour? If a live guy came over here and and, and won this tournament? Yeah. Well, I think for the tour, uh, for the, for the live tour and themselves, if they just had a guy win a major, I mean, it would, it would, um, it would do miracles for their viewership. I mean, they're on the CW network right now, which is 
uh, you know, dead last in all uh, in all TV ratings. So to have a Masters champion, you know, then go back and play the last, you know, four or five events of the season on live, I mean, would certainly increase their viewership numbers. But if you want to get specific, AJ, you know, what a Masters win means varies for different live players. Really, if a past Masters champion like Patrick Reed wins, it, I mean, besides getting him into the rest of the majors, the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, the British, uh, besides that, I mean, he already has his ticket punched to Augusta for the rest of his life. So while winning a second Masters, uh, you know, would be incredible for Reed, it wouldn't mean as much to him as someone like a Joaquin Neiman. Now, Joaquin Neiman's one of the, you know, like one of the best young live players to have gone over there except for one problem he doesn't have a major championship to his name and live golf doesn't get official world golf rankings which means his ranking is slowly dropping off so if he doesn't finish 12th or better this week he likely won't get into the masters next year and you know and majors really moving forward now then there's the third category if someone like a brooks kepka or a cam smith wins those to me would be the most monumental wins because they've won major championships. They've proved themselves in the golf world, but this would get them a ticket to Augusta every year for the rest of the way, no matter which tour they play on. Uh, so if that makes sense, I think it varies for the different golfer. Let's talk about quickly a, a couple of these, like who has the best chance. Cause I was reading Patrick Reed's game is really built for this course. Uh, he's got, fairly long odds at, at 55 to one the favorites uh from the live tour are going to be cam smith who you mentioned and dustin johnson is there anybody who stands out to you as like a particular threat to to win this thing uh i would i would narrow it down to brooks kepka and dustin johnson uh you know cam smith's a great player i enjoyed watching him win the open and the players a lot last year but he's played two events over the last two months and, and has finished outside of 25th in both of them and these are only 40-man fields, AJ. I mean, those are horrible results. So I'm out on Cam Smith. You know, I'll give you a, a quick feel on Phil. I'm out on Phil. You know, at 52, he's barely even shooting under par on live. Uh, hasn't placed in a single live event. Won't accept a uh, press conference at the Masters. So I'm out on Phil. Brooks and DJ are the interesting ones. Brooks is looking like he's starting to come back into form. Just last week, he was the first man to win twice uh, on live golf um, down in Orlando. The only thing with Brooks is, you know, there's going to be a lot of weather this week in Augusta, AJ. Uh, it's a big topic of discussion this week. It's looking like Friday afternoon to Sunday, to pre pretty much all day Sunday, it's going to be pouring rain. Temperatures in the high 40s to low 50s. With that kind of weather, you're looking at a Brooks Kepka who has a very large range of outcomes. You know, he could easily just throw in the towel after a single double bogey. Dustin Johnson made $31 million on, on live last year. He, he was, he was the highest. Um, he was, he was the most winning golfer on live and he was literally not talked about at all. I would rather take DJ in some form over Brooks because DJ is never going to miss a cut at Augusta. You know, he's very, he has a very steady Eddie golf game. Um, you know, someone that, you know, coming in here, yeah, over the last two months, he's only played two events, but that doesn't really bother DJ. He really just doesn't, he doesn't care a whole lot, doesn't buy into preparation or, you know, how many events he needs to play before the Masters in order to be able to win it. Um, DJ could be my favorite, is, he is my favorite live golfer this week 
Um, and really the biggest point I have to take away from DJ is that it is going to rain. Augusta national is going to, is going to play very soft AJ. And when you look back at the year that he won, DJ won the masters in 2020, when it was moved to November, when Augusta plays a whole lot softer. And I think that's the Augusta we're going to get this week. So if I had to give you one live guy, it would be Dustin Johnson. Is there a guy on the tour you mentioned with the conditions? You mentioned DJ won it when it played softer. Is there any golfer that you think has more of an advantage with the way that this course is expected to play with the weather? Absolutely. A guy like uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, a guy like John Rahm, uh, and a guy like, you know, a, a Tony Finau, who I don't like this week, but those guys, Rory, Rahm, uh, those guys are and even Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, if we if we want to combine the two together, these guys are praying for rain because uh, they're ball strikers. They don't want to shape the ball a whole lot. They're not creative artists like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. They want that ball to land on the green and just stay there. Uh, basically, when the course gets soft, those ball strikers can go at every pin, uh, you know, because – uh, the course is playing soft. It's not going to roll out. You're not going to miss long over the green because of big bounces. Uh, but Rory and Rom are the are two guys that would ideally want it to piss rain uh, and this course get very soft. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about those favorites. You mentioned a couple of them, but we'll we'll start with uh, John Rom, the third favorite in this event. Uh, what do you like about his game this week, and what could be a, a drawback? Yeah, I don't like I don't I don't like Rom this week uh, because unfortunately because he's he's going to catch the bad wave. He's going off on Thursday mid morning around ten forty two, and then he's going off pretty late uh, for master standards. I mean, there's only fifty two players. He's going off between one and two on Friday afternoon, and that's when the weather is really supposed to get bad. So likely he's going to be a product of the bad waves. You know, he might hit the ball fine and and you know still miss the cut because he's playing and you know, storms, uh, but he's done everything well at Augusta in his time. He's just, he, he's come up a few putts short. Um, you know, he came, he came in fifth in 2021. Um, you know, I, but I'm out on him this week, AJ, you, as of right now on Tuesday at 1214, there's a 90% chance of rain on Friday afternoon, right when he goes off. Um, so I'm out on John Rahm at 11 to one. All right, let's take a look at uh, Rory McIlroy. Uh, looks like he's around seven to one. What are your thoughts on Rory? Yeah, well, so for golf preview listeners, um, you know they know we've had Rory uh, at Augusta futures tick ticket on him at twelve to one since Christmas. You can get him at plus seven sixty on Circa now. Uh, you know, after after a few of his early season performances uh phoenix riviera at the players you know i i was a bit worried because his putting began to struggle but if you look at his last his very last event before augusta in austin for the dell match play which i understand is a little, little bit of a different format rory marched in there um you know in, in austin and putted beautifully en route to a third place finish um you know i, I know it's um, you know, I know it's easy for me to love Rory having a long time futures ticket on him, but even if I had to buy a ticket right now, I would go ahead and take Rory uh, to complete the Grand Slam this year. And the difference between Rory this year and the last 10 years is, uh, you know, he's now working with Brad Faxon on his putting, you know, coaching matters in golf. Um, and that's been that's that's performed miracles for him. I mean, he won the tour championship last year on on uh, great putting. Uh, won the CJ Cup, 
putting, you know, fantastic. And especially we go back to the weather when this course softens up, um, it's going to be Rory's golden ticket to completing the grand slam. I think he gets it done this week. He is, um, he is my winner for the masters and he's never won one, right? No, he's never won one. He's never won one. He, you know, it's, it's been 10 years too, AJ. It's been 10 years since Rory's, uh, last major championship is the 2014, um, the PGA championship. And, you know, early on in those years where, uh, you know, uh, look at 15, 16, 17, 18, there was so much hype on Rory going into the masters that he just couldn't live up to it. There was too much noise pre-tournament. And I feel like this year, you know, he, he's, um, you know, he's won on a, on a big, uh, um, on big scales, like at Eastlake, um, like at the CJ cup and, uh, his game is there. I mean, uh, everything from T to green, um, is on fire. And basically the last 10 years, it's always been putting for Rory. He's always struggled with the putter and that's no longer the case. Uh, so I think he gets it done. I want to look further down the odds boards, um, because I'm thinking about everything you're saying about Rory. I'm thinking about everything that you're saying about the conditions, and I look at a guy who had a pretty decent performance at Augusta last year, but also does, you know, well and has history in playing on the European tour with maybe some wetter conditions. And that's a guy in Shane Lowry. What do you think of Shane Lowry's chances at around 55 to 1? You know, Shane has, he's had an up and down 2000, uh, 2023. Uh, you know, he, he, yes, has performed very well at Augusta in the past is an open champion can perform on all conditions. Uh, you know, especially if the weather drops down to, you know, in the mid forties, um, you know, Americans are not used to playing in that. Um, especially a guy like, you know, I keep raving about DJ and Kepka when, the, when the, when the conditions get soft, they're not going to want to be out there in 45 degree weather, but back to your guy, Shane Lowry, um, you know, he's dominated on a lot of Ryder cups. Um, he is a great, Top 20 option this week, Scott. I wouldn't take him to win because the putting just has not been there over the last year. Uh, but Shane Lowry is definitely a great lineup and top 20 option this week. Let's talk about the fact that this is now since 20, 2012, I guess, we've had a different winner every year uh, since Bubba Watson's first one. And I know Augusta is like one of those courses where it's almost impossible to win the first time you play. But and course familiarity usually breeds more success, but we haven't had a, a you know we haven't had the same guy win twice in the last ten years. Like who's a, who's a guy who's won in the last you know decade who you think has a, a good shot this weekend? It it would have to be AJ. It'd have to be Scotty Shuffler to repeat. Um, I you know I hate to to sound cliche, but that's all right. It I falls mean, right I into mean, into our next topic. So let's get into I mean, Scotty. I mean, he comes in here with two very elite wins under his belt this season in Phoenix and the players. He comes in here number one in strokes gained tee to green on the PGA Tour. And if you don't know what that is, it's the stat that measures your overall performance from driving to iron play to to uh, to pitching and chipping, just not putting. The putting has been one of his glaring weaknesses that hasn't been exposed at all in the last six weeks because his ball striking has, has just been that good. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he, he really looks, he looks amazing. I mean, this is a guy who could put himself in a different echelon of, of players this week. Be, you know, he'd only be the fourth player in master's history to defend his title. Uh, Nick Faldo, Jack Nicholas, and Tiger, are the only ones to do that. Um, you know, 
but AJ, the other one, the other winner that is one in the last 10 years that is a very good option this week is Jordan Spieth. Uh, you know, he had a golden opportunity to defend his green jacket back in 2016, didn't do it, choked to Danny Willett. Spieth should be coming in here with two wins in his last three events. If you look at what happened at Bay Hill, he missed a series of five-foot putts down the stretch to lose Arnie's event. And if you look at what happened in Tampa at Valspar, he had the lead on the 16th hole, the final round, and winged one dead right in the water. Uh, and and because of that, because he choked in both of those events, he's not being talked about at all this week. Um, as far as past champs who are going to do well, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth are, are the two guys. Well, we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't at least ask you about Tiger Woods. I mean, obviously, the the likelihood that he wins this thing is is almost nil. But is there a a cut to make? Is there a, a top twenty in sight? Like what what's the what's the high side of your projections for Tiger? And and like you said, with weather, obviously, there's a wide range yeah. of outcomes. Uh, so it could be just a disaster. But what's what's the best case scenario for Tiger here? Uh, the weather the weather's going to kill Tiger this week, uh, and it, it it kills me to say it. You know, Freddie Couples always plays a practice round with Tiger, and he Freddie was fired up last year after after Tiger's practice rounds. He said he didn't miss a shot. Um, you know, was was very was very amplified. You know, this year they played a practice round, and um, you know, Freddie's talking about how Tiger's you know very gracious just to be here, and he's join he's enjoying his you know last couple walks around Augusta. And then on top of that, you know, on top of the fact that, you know, Freddie's kind of Tiger's spokesperson when it comes to practice rounds and giving us an update on Tiger before the event. What makes it worse is, is that it's going to be, you know, 45 to 60 degrees every day. Um, and while he feels better about his game, uh, he says there's a lot more aching in that leg that's just filled up with metal. Um, and I don't think, I, yeah, best case scenario is that he shoots 70 72 maybe makes the cut on the number and you know kind of does the same thing he did last year coming in with a couple of 76s aj I, if i'm being honest i don't think he can make the cut um in, in this weather um I, I i don't think it's gonna happen all right let's uh let's get into a matchup this weekend that you like what's the what's the head-to-head -head that you're looking at yeah so my matchup for this week is going to be colin morikawa over justin thomas at, at plus 110 uh, there are some reports from uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg, who, who's, who's a writer on property Augusta this week, that there's a possible hip injury that that JT is dealing with, and he's just not 100% going into Augusta. Um, you know, on top of that, JT has has lost shots on the greens in each of his last two events in a year where he's 147th on tour in putting, and that's just not going to cut it. You know, especially if Augusta sees rain this week and the course gets soft. You could see that final score uh, approach the 18 under par number, and JT is just not making that many putts at all right now. On the other side, you know, world number 12, Morikawa, he has struggled as well with the putter, but the difference is he's healthy, and he ranks fourth on the PGA Tour uh, in strokes gained tee to green. And, you know, that means he's hitting, he's hitting the golf ball very reminiscent to the way um, he was when he won the, you know, the, the, the 2020 PGA and the 2021 Open. And, you know, Morikawa, putting has never been his strong shoot, but um, he's never lost strokes on the greens in, in every one of his three appearance, um, appearances at Augusta, particularly last year when he finished fifth year. So 
Uh, my matchup for this week is going to be Colin Morikawa over Justin Thomas at plus one ten. All right, yeah, I like uh, I like a little hidden injury on a guy who's who's got yeah. pretty short odds. Uh, all right, let's get it. Let's get off the short odds. Give me a, a dark horse for this week, a guy who could who could surprise and and maybe worst case we're looking at a a top ten ticket on. Yeah, um, yep, good because my uh, my sleeper is a top ten. It's going to be Justin Rose uh, to finish top ten at plus four eighty. Um, you know, Rose is still the oldest, and that's on FanDuel, by the way. Rose is still the oldest player to win on the PGA Tour this season. He won at Pebble at 41 years old, but uh, he also finished sixth at the players a little over a month ago. And this year has been a testament to the work Rose has put in with the goal of winning another major championship. Remember, Justin Rose was one of the best players in the world between 2013 when he won the U.S. Open, really all the way to 2019 before some back injuries uh, hampered his performance for a few years. This was someone that spent time at world number one before dropping way back to 76. And, you know, at 41, AJ, this is a Justin Rose. This is a player who had a big live contract offered to him. And he had a big decision to make before ultimately turning it down for the simple reason he loves major championships. And if he took that live deal, he wouldn't be able to compete in majors due to how far his official world golf ranking would drop. So he went back to the grindstone, improved himself, got got his game right. And, you know, the result of that work has been a win in three top tens um, on the season. Some people might say, you know, are his results this year really good enough to put him on the Masters card? And I would say a win at Pebble and a top 10 at Sawgrass is plenty good enough. And one last thing, don't forget about Rose's just incredible course history at Augusta. Five top 10 finishes. He only has, you know, he's only finished worse than 23rd three times in 16 career starts. And he was on the losing end of two miracle wins with Spieth in 15 and, and Sergio Garcia in 2017, where, where Rose uh, lost in a playoff to the Spaniards. So um, I think in 2023, with his game back in shape, Justin Rose contends at the Masters. Uh, and that is top 10 plus 480 uh, on FanDuel for Justin Rose. Will Doctor, our golf expert at pregame.com, joining us on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Will, before we let you go, we got to get a best bet. Where are you going for the best bet this week? Yeah, my best bet for the 87th Masters is going to be Jason Day, the top 10 at plus 225 on Bet Online or Bet 365. He goes off in the, the afternoon morning wave. He is a prime position for scoring conditions. You know, he Jason Day has had the best season on the PGA Tour amongst players who haven't won yet. Uh, he's 35th in the world. He has six top 10 finishes on the year, and he doesn't rank outside of top 25 in any statistical denomination on the PGA Tour. Uh, he is back. The man who won five events in a six-month stretch in 2015, including a PGA, including taking down prime Jordan Spieth, is back. He didn't qualify for the Masters last year um, as it was kind of at the back end of his struggles that he found uh, his way out of with Tiger's old coach, Chris Como, who actually lives down here in Texas. But also, like Justin Rose, don't forget how well Jason Day has played Augusta over his career. Between his first Masters in 2011 and his last healthy Masters, when he was playing well in 2019, he recorded three top three finishes um, and only finished outside of 28th once. And, and remember, this is the this is the big one. This is the 10-year anniversary of the 2014 Masters when Jason Day stood on the 17th tee box with a one-shot lead, he had the green jacket in his hands, and he bogeyed the 71st and 72nd hole 
to fall out of a playoff with fellow Aussie Adam Scott and Angel Cabrera. And, and, and in a huge turn of events, Adam Scott, not Jason Day, beca- became the first Aussie to ever win the Masters. So that was a heartbreaker. And, you know, this is a golf course that Day is just all too familiar with. He's in a great place in his life. And more importantly to the golf, he's in a phenomenal place uh, with the health of his body. So my best bet for the Masters this week is going to be Jason Day to top 10 at plus 225 on either Bet Online or Bet365. Great stuff from Will Doctor. You can find him online, twitter.com at drmedia59, drmedia59 uh, at Twitter. And of course, you can find his picks at pregame or his, you know, his podcast at pregame.com. Uh, his, we've, you're just getting a sample here. If you, uh, go over to the dream feed, you, uh, you listen to his podcast, a golf podcast gets deep into everything, a phenomenal podcast. Uh, will we appreciate you taking the time today and, uh, enjoy masters week, my friend, enjoy the pimento sandwiches. Oh, I sure will. Thanks AJ. Thanks Scott. See Thanks, you next well. time. Make sure you head on over to pregame.com where you can take advantage of any of our great packages that we offer. You can get a season-long subscription package. You can get uh, baseball through the All-Star break or for the whole season. Choose your favorite pregame pro to follow. You can get daily best bets. Everything available to you at pregame.com, and you can take advantage of our promo codes to take 20% off. It's a great discount at the website. So go to pregame.com, use the promo code RISE20. That's R-I-S-E 20. It's going to get you 20% off anything you'd like, whether it is, like I said, a daily best bet package or a 90-day all-access, a weekender package, a season-long subscription, which I think is the most bang for your buck if you want to get an entire season of maybe baseball or, you know, any of the, the specials that are going on right now, Stanley Cup playoffs or if you just want a daily best bet card, UFC card coming up this weekend, lots of stuff here at pregame.com. 20% off using the promo code RISE20. For AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, Will Doctor, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It sounds like I'm saying Steve Fezzik, Will Doctor something. No. Let's do, for AJ Hoffman, Will Doctor, Steve Fezzik. So AJ, Will Doctor, AJ Hoffman, Will, Will Doctor, Steve, Steve Fezzik. It's like you're going to change him. How about this? For Will Doctor, pause, pause. AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik. This suit is not <laughs> pause. Nah, not. Nah. <laughs> I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>